You'll be glad to know that your new favourite show is only 10% guano, but you'd be a moron to come back. This is Grand Theft Podcast. And welcome to episode 2 of Grand Theft Podcast, where we take a rose-tinted look back at our favourite GTA games while eagerly holding out our empty gaming bowls and asking, please Rockstar, can we have some more? I'm your host Gareth, and with me each week is the bingo to my Suburban, the cluck to my bell, the V-Rock to my fever, <laughs> it's co-host Gary. Yay! Gary, how are you? <laughs> Not too bad, how are you? Very good indeed, sir. How's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good, yeah. Just been uh, playing a bit of this, playing a bit of that, streaming stuff as well, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about this game that we're going to be talking about today. I hope you've got your DeLorean ready. It's <laughs> parked out front, just ready. I just need some banana peel. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go 88 miles an hour and we're going to see some serious <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, we are going right back in time this week uh i'm very very excited about this one yeah me too man but as always no grand theft auto is anything without any npc dialogue and that means you at home so if you have anything to add or any questions to the podcast please drop us a line at grandtheftpodcast at gmail.com you can also find us at grand theft podcast on instagram as well let's get going so that brings us up to our first segment of the week, something that we like to call Weasel News, confirming your prejudices. Each week we're going to be discussing some of the news and rumours surrounding GTA. We're not going to be the first to be breaking any headlines. We're not even going to be well informed. But hey, we're the ones with the microphones, so you have to listen. Yes, we are. So many rumours have been circulating around the setting and the time period of the new GTA 6. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds like we're returning to Vice City at the end of the 70s with a smaller South American chapter too. So what do we feel about going back to, to Vice City? Yes. Yes, correct. Just a solid yes. <laughs> so obviously you had GTA 4 uh, back to Liberty City and then skipped Vice City mm-hmm. and went straight to San Andreas for GTA 5. Yep. So it feels like Vice City hasn't gotten the love that it needs because a lot of people that grew up with the PS2 trilogy would probably say that Vice City is their favourite and yep. I can clearly understand why because it's a phenomenal game. It is. Mainly because of the setting and the time period that it's in. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rumour for like a gta being set back in vice city have been going for years and years and years like maybe before even gta 5 came out oh yeah even longer so people are wanting this yeah 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 i i would well want to go to a new nice shiny hd version of uh miami and also like with this um section of like south america as well i think it'd just be fantastic to not only have that that rise of the small town criminal into the big kind of drug lord or the big warlord that you see mm-hmm. tommy versetti or maybe cj or somebody like that doing but actually start from a different country and, and have that kind of immigration story that we saw in, in gta 4 yeah yeah and some of the characters um that spoiler alert we might discuss later on in our character section yeah. <laughs> having that and having that uh, complete arc of the the story of that character i think would, would be quite mm-hmm. cool oh definitely like when you mentioned that like immigrant kind of story and linking into gta 4 like that would be a, a good angle to explore again because the context of gaming at this point in time like we can tell a really good complex mm-hmm. uh well-developed character story so it would be really really interesting to see i think yeah something that they've toyed with with different versions of the game so i think a nice rounded story uh seeing somebody go from essentially drug mule up to uh owning vice city mm-hmm. and of course we all know what happens from there so it'd be great to see how this ties in now one of the leakers teased they reckon that the name of the protagonist is a spoiler so are we seeing a young tommy 
or Diaz or maybe a, a Vance Brothers backstory? I don't, what do we think? Uh, well, the Lance Brothers backstory has been explored, obviously, through GTA Vice City stories, so I don't think they would go into that. True. Um, maybe a younger Tommy, maybe this is the stuff that gets him to do time and so it's kind of like at the end of solo they teased obviously that han solo was going off to do that big job with java that's right yeah maybe seeing the events that caused tommy to like get arrested and then obviously his release into vice city and stuff like that like almost the the making of the the harwood butcher as he gets as he gets called oh yeah so we've also got the likes of uh cortez Mm, yeah i think potentially seeing uh something like um Diaz uh, backstory as well, how they kind of rise to power and how they they come up to Vice City and essentially take over. Yeah, so it'd be nice to explore some of those. I mean, if they, if they are going to go down that route, then obviously that raises further questions to whether these new Grand Theft Autos are all in the same universe, which I think we briefly touched on last week. Oh, that's a very good shout, actually. Like, if this is going to be like a continuation set in the same world as Five, that opens the floodgates to all GTAs are connected in some way shape or form they're all in the same universe <laughs> that's a really good shout i didn't really think that if we do go back there and it is you know quite a famous character or a yeah. backstory of a character then yeah yeah that's definitely tying them together so that opens so many more doors now that is a podcast in itself <laughs> yeah that is a podcast in itself okay so <laughs> we'll save that for another time where we discuss if whether all all gtas are connected or not <laughs> uh, we're gonna be there we're gonna be up all hours of the morning yeah i've got my charlie day like theme board (laughs) and i'm just like i've been up for 24 hours man (laughs) yeah uh did you hear the rumors that um they might be taking almost like the kind of cyberpunk route with the protagonist as in you will have a male or a female protagonist so you get to essentially embody or choose whoever you wish is that something that excites you or is that something that no you'd rather have just the one protagonist either male or either female and you can go off and do your own thing. No, I think that's a great choice. I think it would be a, a great way of, of leaving up yeah. because Grand Theft Auto has been a, a male-dominated protagonist world for so long. Yeah, yeah. I, there's no yeah, there's no GTA game that has a female protagonist. No, not at all. Not even necessarily a, a strong female um, like support lead or or anything like that. Um, you could argue Catalina's you know is a very strong yeah, yeah. Um, character, but essentially she's just portrayed as crazy and then blown up. Yeah, uh, Mercedes as well, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. Asuka and, and, and other characters in there as well, I suppose. But yeah. leaving it to the player's choice definitely gives that kind of freedom, gives um, that extra bit of control into the, the game. And as we were talking yeah. about uh, last week with Claude being speechless and, and not talking, you, you kind of project yourself a little bit more onto that kind of character. So yeah. if you're able to essentially build a character and make a character in the in the way that you want to, to live in this world, I think it's a fantastic way of being able to do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And just like... Um, I think it, I think it's about time GTA had a female protagonist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's about about time. Yeah. Given the choice, I think I probably would possibly play as a female just for a change. Yeah, yeah. It's how that character or how you interpret that world and how you want to kind of tear around. Yeah. And again, it, it's part of the genius of Claude in that we are Claude. Yeah. You know, Trevor's definitely got a very strong uh, characterization <laughs> as does CJ, as does Tommy Versetti. Yeah. So yeah. for us to, to be able to project onto that, and I think that's why uh, GTA Online is is extremely uh popular is because you can create whomever you want you can be whoever you want yeah yeah. um the lines coming out of the uh character's mouth is your own Mm -hmm. you're making your own adventure yeah yeah. Uh, and i think a little bit of that into to gta 6 would be a very welcome additional feature 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. With regards to kind of maps um, that we're thinking of, obviously we're going on to much larger hardware. Um, yeah. Do we think we're going to see a little bit more outside vice sitting like we did in San Andreas and we're going to maybe pull together some uh, smaller kind of wee towns just on the outside or do you think we're going to get a really, really dense um vice city i'm not entirely sure i'd like to see both to be honest i think one of the one of the best parts of uh san andreas i think was being able to go back to liberty city yeah and do that tiny little section of portland to kind of run about and you're just like this is so familiar this is so cool if you're gonna have like a smaller kind of vice city section like maybe possibly a little bit bigger a little bit denser than it was back in uh back in 2002 yeah 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 2002 uh good (laughs) i got my facts right (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah give us give us the opportunity to go to the airport fly to liberty fly to san andreas Mm -hmm. that'd be great fun finally he's been dubbed um project americas because it goes between the two continents um is is one kind of take on the rumor anyway so um if that was to be able to to be brought into other areas of of the North America of like you say Liberty mm-hmm. City or even a small a small teaser of a, a another larger city would be would be great depending on the the story they tell. I think I'm going to start pouring through Narcos uh, because Narcos is being cited as being a very very heavy influence on on this. So yeah, I did I did hear that as well, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's something I really would like to watch because I've never watched Narcos before, but it's, it's got your boy Pedro Pascal in it, so. What can go wrong? What can go wrong, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, having a, a really dense city, kind of like GTA 4's Liberty City, mm-hmm. with no surrounding kind of countryside, yeah, yeah. and of course having this kind of like side map, um, or, you know, depending on the ratio, have South America, mm-hmm. but it would be great. I think that's a fantastic idea to maybe go out and meet other families or, you know, reconnect with, with different families from the past. Um, yeah, yeah. And see some of the, the characters like like Versetti maybe uh, making moves in Liberty City and uh, flying all across the, the land. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, like, if it's at the end of the 70s, just going into the 80s, because it's 86, um, Vice City original. Yeah, there's uh, 86 for that one. If we're thinking late 70s, it's probably 77 kind of onwards. That's your yeah, yeah. later side of the decade. So what they're going to do with the, the radio stations... It's going to be extremely interesting. Now that it's that late seventies, like you will get hints of what's to come. Yeah, it is that period. You've got what, like Van Halen's just hitting the scene. Stadium Rock's kind of being born. You've got Star Wars just to wait to come out. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting time to see. It really, especially in that area, yeah. um, with it being so synonymous with you know the 80s itself with miami vice obviously vice city but having that kind of slightly earlier one with a huge punk revolution uh, going on and just to see how how their research has has brought all that together um um, i hope this is true because i'm very excited already (laughs) i'm gonna be very let down if it's not true it's gonna be oh it's gonna be great whatever whatever form whatever shape that gta 6 takes it is safe to say that we are going to um part with some uh, some dollar (laughs) to play it Yes, yes, we will. And lose a lot of hours to it, so, yeah. That'll be a week off work for that one. <laughs> Better get my uh, annual leave in. Cool, cool. Okay, if all these rumours are true, and obviously, like, like, GTA 6 being the next mainline entry in the GTA franchise, uh, what kind of tropes would you like to see maybe taken over from the likes of, like, Red Dead Redemption or GTA 5? Is there any gameplay mechanics that you think are excellent and you would like them to have in GTA 6? Or is there any that you feel like would need a little bit of improvement? Yeah, um, I, I think there's there's some really nice 
almost subtle stuff that the two games, Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto, have kind of been trading off between each other. Yeah. Uh, especially from Red Dead 2, because I thought it, it paced the, the game very, very well, was the chapters. I thought it gave a really good pacing to the game. Um, yes. Especially if we're going to see a bit of a longer arc. I do, li- I do like a chapter system in the game. I think, it, it, like you said, it just really helps out with the pacing and it gives you kind of like a almost like a more visual representation of how far you are in the game. Yeah. Uh, rather than like just kind of blindly going off on how many missions you've done, etc. Yeah. So you can have like like everything you need to do in Act One. There could be like side missions and stuff like that that you can pick up at different points and different times. But um, mm-hmm. but all the set story missions, Act One, Act Two, Act Three, whatever. How many? Yeah. How many chapters they want? But uh, no, that's a that's a good feature. Yeah, I think it's a good way of pacing the game because especially with gta 5 it missed it i think and it was just one big blurb purely because the the map was open from the start oh yeah, yeah. so rather than having like the gta 3 or gta 4 uh, having each island of of liberty city open same idea with vice city there um yeah. and in the same way that you can get to the other um cities within san andreas until you you, you went through it and that gave you that chapter by unlocking more going forward uh, of the mm. map gta 5 missed out on that one a little bit yeah but it's something that um that red dead introduced pretty well or red dead 2 at least introduced pretty well so you knew exactly where you were at even if you went off and did side missions you came back and you're like right okay yeah i know exactly where Mm. we're at we're not going to move on to the next part until i finish off these little parts yeah no fully agree with that well i mean this is rumored to be ps5 and and um our current generation only um Mm -hmm. i want to see a game with no load time i want to be able to get from south america all the way up to to vice city without uh load time at all i think it's incredibly possible um like load times are becoming very non-existent and there's very clever ways that games mask them as well Mm -hmm. it's becoming like a staple now but it's the the whole squeezing through a gap (laughs) yeah like yeah yeah (laughs) that uh that that disguises load times up as well what ps5 upgrades and remasters they've done in the ps4 games Mm -hmm. for example uh spider-man yeah yeah. your fast travel is like instantaneous there's like nothing so i think you'd be able to do a game without any load times like i don't think there was much kind of load times and stuff like that in gta 5 if if anything at all um yeah going back to some of the older games um you'd maybe have a little loading screen in between uh, some of the bigger parts like the the bigger islands um that was on console at least annoying yeah, yeah. on a more modern high-end pc it's 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 a lot better but yeah i think if we were to go for example get on a plane and go to mm-hmm. a, a different say it would be great to be able to to do some form of of continuous travel to be able to get there yeah and i think they could kind of mask that quite well if like say we're going from mm-hmm. like say vice city to liberty city obviously just flying until until vice city's out of view and then uh, just have Liberty City just loading up, like kind of in the distance sort of thing. Maybe mm-hmm. just use like kind of draw distances, like as closer you get to, like obviously the more it's loading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they can make it seem seamless, that would be excellent. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's one thing that I'm I'm looking forward to. No more breaks and immersion. Yeah. Depending on how it's implemented, Rockstar are very good. I mean, I thought GTA Five on PS3 was witchcraft. The way that they managed to oh yeah to get a. a a game running like that with no real issues um if any at all yeah yeah. Uh, considering some of the the other games out there that we won't really mention that i'm holding off to buy because um i want to make sure that it's it's playable before i i pick it up but um yeah yeah i think yeah (laughs) yeah which is annoying because i I really want that certain 
futuristic game. Yeah, I I think I know the game you're talking about, and yes, I'm waiting yeah. for the PS5 version. <laughs> yes, very yeah. like should be very exciting. I'm, I'm very yeah, very hopeful for it. Um, I mean that game is essential witchcraft uh, for what they managed to do, and then the the second iteration of the GTA 5 trilogy on PS4. Yeah, yeah. Um, introduced some some fantastic things that I that I didn't realize the differences between the two until they were kind of pointed out. Yeah, definitely. Like first time I saw GTA 5. I was just like, yeah, like the game looked phenomenal. Yeah. But then seeing the difference between PS3 and PS4, mm-hmm. like they just added so much to it as well. And it just like elevated that game so much. Yeah. Um, a thing that uh, a lot of PS5 games are doing now is they have two modes. So you have performance mode and like fidelity mode. Right, okay. So shiny, shiny graphics, all the bells and whistles of ray tracing, and it runs a stable 30 frames a second. Mm-hmm. Or you have performance mode, which is optimized for 60 frames a second, smooth as butter gameplay. Sure. Which one would you pick if, um, let's say, GTA 6 comes with both of them? Are you graphics or performance? Uh, oh, that's that's a tricky. I don't know. Is is the the honest answer? Um, <laughs> I think probably. I mean, depending on on what performance dips it it would yeah. realistically um, take for GTA Five. I think definitely I would go with performance. Yeah, I'm a performance gamer. I will take sixty frames a second over fancy graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, having a, a console running in a steady 30 is not a bad thing. Yeah, it's really not, yeah. Considering some of the games. In fact, I was playing GTA 4 last night and a particularly yeah. busy junction I went plowing through and I think I got about five frames per second. Um, <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's a PS3 with a a, a very old game, but yeah, it yeah. was not great. It was not great at all. Um, but you know what? I grew up with a, a Super Nintendo in the 90s and... Yeah. I had to try and play the the very last level of Super Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. was basically uh, Darth Vader chucking tons of stuff at you. Yeah. And you were getting about two frames per second. So you had to know what was going to happen in about one minute's time yeah. to be able to dodge what was going to happen in about one minute's time. Yeah. Um, a lot of trial and error. So yeah, I think we, now we've been kind of spoiled. So 30 frames looking gorgeous would probably do me. Mm-hmm. However, I'll, I'll see what kind of what changes are, they are because yeah. the GTA games always look beautiful yeah but they're still stylized they're still cartoony almost not cell shady but um they are stylized yeah yeah definitely i think i will uh prioritize performance but i will see what the fidelity mode with the the ray tracing is like just to see the difference so like i do fiddle about with both modes but i usually kind of if i'm just playing through it's usually performance just because 60 frames a second is great <laughs> so this is it and i've not played 60 frames yet i've not played ps5 yet so i'm pretty sure as soon as i get in there and i and i see that that beautiful smoothness um i will be jumping right on it i see some mods on on the youtubes um and my goodness some of those like gta 5 up res is just gorgeous yes yeah and that's probably what we're gonna get with the ps5 version of gta 5 so have you seen that episode of um south park where cartman wants to be frozen so he can get his okama game sphere quicker yeah yeah, that's yep. that's me right now. I I want to do that as long as <laughs> as long as you uh, thaw me out in time to to actually get the game, and I yeah. don't wake up thousands of years in the future. Wait, maybe I'll have like GTA one hundred and twenty one. Yeah, maybe, maybe you never know. You never know. It'd be nice to wake up in twenty seventy seven and actually have a working version of Cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, and on that note, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the one other thing I've I've kind of written down is um, I, I particularly liked in Red Dead 2 that you 
bought your weapons and you kept them on the your horse's saddle yes and it would be kind of the same uh again there's there's little rumors and and chatter that you're going to be able to do that in the boot of your car it's an element of realism um without going too far i think um but that would also point toward that your car is now your car because you couldn't just get a random car dump it and then lose all your weapons so yeah well i mean it's obviously like your like your horse in uh, red dead redemption but also like you get your personal cars in gta 5 you do yeah i can't remember what i had for everyone but i remember michael i was just like because he was like that film nut and they did that yeah. mission with the with the aston martin dv5 hey yeah of course so it's like now i'm gonna make that his car so i i have that car and it has all the gadgets that's good yeah so yeah i think i think i'd be fine like actually having your own car and you can kind of like trip out upgrade it and all that Mm -hmm. jazz and then maybe do the thing that gta online does and the fact that like if your car gets destroyed then you've got insurance on it and you get it back i think if anybody has not played GTA Online and you heard that sentence, you'd think it was the worst gameplay mechanic ever. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's so, so good. good. <laughs> it is one of the, the brilliant things that I would not be saying, no, that and character um, customization and, and creation. I think that is one of the things that mm. you could definitely, definitely take across from GTA Online and put it into GTA 6. <laughs> so I, I, like, I, like I recently booted up GTA Online again and just like went through the tutorials because I never played it on uh, PS4. I only played it on the Xbox 360. Okay. So I was going through like the tutorial missions and stuff like that. And I totally forgot, obviously, like there's a pacifist mode that you can go into so people can't like attack you and kill That's you. That's right, yeah. Uh, so I forgot to turn that on. Oh, no. <laughs> and like every two seconds, I was just getting blown up. And I was like, what? What? And then, but I was so glad that like this, like I managed to find a, an okay-ish kind of card to start off with. I was like, no, I'm going to keep this one and uh, like i was so devastated when i first got blown up i was like oh no i lost my car but then the insurance kicked in i was like oh that's so cool <laughs> it's great it's absolutely great at least you don't have to go through the heartbreak of losing your horse like in red dead 2 for absolute hours i kept findus uh findus was my horse but that was a tough day i didn't like that <laughs> when i got a new one i just called it findus 2 uh, i couldn't let go of findus um <laughs> yeah i think i call my horse steve Now it's time for our weekly series where we look back at our favourite characters that's helped shape the GTA world. This week we're looking at Vice City, and I think the first thing that we can see from this is the sheer size of the cast list in comparison with last week's GTA 3. Yeah, it's massive. It's huge. Absolutely huge. It is. They, they really expanded. Yeah, apparently there is four times as much dialogue in this game as there was in 3 goodness and the script was over a thousand pages long wow yeah it's quite impressive to see that this was done in a year <laughs> it's crazy one month after gta 3 was done uh they started work on vice city it's crazy it is you'd never hear of that yeah absolutely crazy i miss those days where there's like just maybe a year two years in between gaming installments um obviously excluding like your call of duty releases or your annual assassin creed releases or yeah because it can get very very samey it's probably um testament to to how rockstar the the freshness of of what they were doing back then is they were able to bring out two absolute bangers back to back yeah uh, and then only two years later have a huge huge game in san andreas yeah but potentially that was to their downfall because things started slowing down then yes it did it did indeed um 
don't know maybe maybe for the best maybe maybe for the worst but um yeah like the plethora of games that rockstar released around about that time the ps2 era was insane yeah 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 um add bully in there yeah uh, like the rockstar of, of the early 2000s is not the same as the rockstar that is now no no and like you say, probably for the better. Yeah. I, th- I don't think uh, if they'd left a year or, or so in between um, GTA 4 and 5, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here talking right now. Yeah, What definitely. they've done is is it's just making such a, a strong brand uh, for themselves and just show, and, and that's just by coming out of the traps and just going, here's, a, here's an amazing trilogy. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want more, let us do our thing. Yeah. So, Vice City is one of the, it's the first majorly stylized game yes i think this is where the the break was taken off of uh, some of the creative decisions and they were just let loose um, i don't know if that was yeah. from the publisher that um said look give us a hit with gta 3 first and um mm-hmm. you can do what you want after that but for a relatively vanilla setting with a um, with a quite a conservative mission list yeah. um vice city turns everything on its head oh yeah it does that's mainly obviously due to the the setting in the time period that it is the same way that gta 3 pulled a lot of inspiration and stuff like that from goodfellas godfather mm-hmm. everything like that you can see vice city's um inspirations on the on its sleeve yeah it's clear as day very much very much yeah and obviously the main one is uh, scarface it is indeed it is um and, and they've definitely they've leaned heavily into that that kind of progression that you see in in, yeah. in scarface um and pulling back to our discussion earlier, very much what we were hearing that they're they're looking to do with the Tony Montana uh, story arc coming across, uh, being an immigrant and then building up his, his empire from there. So yeah. we're, we're maybe going to see something very, very similar mm-hmm. uh, from a similar time period. So, But we don't have Tony Montana in this game. We have... Tommy Versetti. Tommy yeah, Versetti. Tommy Versetti, voiced by Ray Liotta. Again, just fantastic. Yeah, like... Um, I think we've mentioned this multiple times, but it's just the the pool of actors that they have for this trilogy of games is unreal. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how they managed to, especially like in three, obviously being like not as well known as they are today. But um, yeah, to get the likes of like Ray Liotta, Danny Trejo, um, Burt Reynolds for this game is just huge. And then obviously, obviously this is the first protagonist that we've had that is uh, that is voiced and has a character to him he does he does he's got a very rich backstory and ray ray does an awful lot with um although we say there's you know an awful lot of dialogue he doesn't have huge monologues or anything like that so that's no Ray does an awful lot um to bring out tommy versetti's kind of past um mm-hmm. and his his kind of drive to to be able to be the the king of of vice city as it were I do like once you've once you started a mission and then it's like transitioning from like the cutscene back into gameplay, mm-hmm. like you get a bit of uh, Tommy Versetti's inner thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which which just adds more to his character, which is which is great, and like, he's so good, so driven. Uh, very like you understand the situation that he's in, and like he's just like, okay, well, uh, I'm I'm up shit creek without a paddle. Uh, I need to try and tread water here, but then I'm wanting to fight back. And Vice City looks like the perfect place that I can kind of build my empire. Very much so, very much. And that's he's kind of been sent there just to be let off the leash, as it were. Yeah. I think Sonny, um, mm-hmm. his boss says, is just let him go rampant for a little while and then we'll go and pay him a visit. Yeah, yeah. So I think Tommy's definitely very kind of skeptical, but 
maybe wants to fast track his his rise mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to deal with what he he feels is an inevitable hunting down that he's he's a way to to receive. But um, very cool kind of character, the most stylish character. Yeah, definitely that that Hawaiian shirt. I want it. <laughs> I think uh, and uh, sorry, CJ, because CJ's got some great outfits there, but definitely that Hawaiian shirt is uh, is number one. So yeah, um, Sonny Forelli has sent Tommy Versetti to Vice City to um, make some drug deals and get a wee bit of cash for for Sonny. But Tommy obviously goes to the deal and uh, something goes wrong with the deal. Yeah, total ambush. Total ambush. So they lose the money, they lose the drugs and um, Tommy's left with nothing. Yeah. And Sonny is mad. He's like, you better get my money. uh, Otherwise, we're going to come down and get you. So this kicks Tommy up the ass to sort of get things rolling, get things moving. And then as the story sort of progresses, he can realize it's like, no, I can actually take over this town. Yeah. So you got Tommy Brissett as the protagonist and you have uh, Sonny Forelli as your main antagonist of this game. And he's a kind of like a lurking presence in the background. Like you always feel like Sonny's on you. You do, you do. Um, it's something that, that's referenced quite a few times. Um, yeah. Even I think there's just phone calls or, you know, Tommy brings it up that... You know, he kind of hopes that that uh, inevitable visit from Sonny is um, delayed as long as possible because yeah, yeah. you kind of get the feeling that Tommy's been sent out on a little bit of a, a suicide mission out to Vice City. I don't yeah, know yeah. if the trust is 100% there after. Like, there's a bit of a, a double cross previous. I mean, these guys have go go way back and, you know, Tommy's been in jail for something that happened. Um, so when he comes out, he's, he's kind of sent off on this kind of yeah. little bit of a recon slash uh, suicide mission and then... You know, Sonny's always going to pay him a little visit, but I don't think Tommy 100% trusts him. I think he always knows that yeah. Tommy better do something pretty drastic and build himself up. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he's he's done for. Yeah, definitely. The intro to this game, mm-hmm. like it starts off with like Sonny around the table and he's like, oh, Tommy Versetti, oh shit. And uh, it's like a seedy dark room where uh, they're all gathered around. Yeah. And uh, I didn't notice this on my first playthrough, but um, there's meat hooks in the back. But on one of them, there's a policeman. Yes, I've I've never seen that. Every time every time I play through, I, I miss that. But yeah, like it's just at, just at the start, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. But yeah, that just kind of sets up like um, what kind of sort of crime family these guys are. Yeah, he's not a traditional kind of baddie, as in he's not chasing you down, yeah, uh, or anything like that. But you know, you better work hard before he makes mm. an appearance. Um, and yeah, Tommy definitely he he references that in in a few thoughts. Definitely. So moving on, uh, one of your favorite characters, Ken Rosenberg. Yes. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. Picks you up from the airport. Um, one of the first opening scenes that you don't have to drive. Absolutely yep. fantastic. Um, <laughs> I know. And instantly takes you along to a, a drug deal. And this is said drug deal that goes wrong. Yes. Which, um, let's face it, Ken Rosenberg's in charge of this. It, it goes <laughs> wrong pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah. With some theories uh, from tommy himself as to to who's done that a little bit further down the line but um yeah yeah you you wind up having to flee back to to ken's um office uh where you drop him off um and then that's you that's you out in this world and that's your first opportunity to go and uh, explore and Mm -hmm. and ken rosenberg is really he's a very interesting character because unless you can add another i I can't think of another character that is kind of there the whole way through apart from lester there we go let's just pop in who's kind of a mission giver the whole way through and and ties different kind of areas together in gta3 so far you're you're kind of handed off from one family to the other to the triads and then the triads to the cartel and the previous kind of part stops whereas ken kind of goes all the way through the Mm -hmm. the game and introduces you and hooks you up in, in different ways and i think 
he's quite unique or the first of his kind. Yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's something that Vice City does really well in terms of like just making like the whole um the whole story and the whole kind of uh, map and area that you're in just feel that um not to seem like because I think it's I think it is a little bit bigger than Liberty City but like it seems small mm-hmm. in terms of the fact that like there's only one loading screen going from the right side of the island to the left side of the island and that's it. Yes. Uh, there's not another one going to another island or anything like that and uh, having that all quite self-contained and then having ken rosenberg as this kind of through line throughout the whole story he's some some character like he's uh instantly recognizable and just has this kind of gravitas to him that you know exactly his kind of character type you do you do yeah he's a bit of a weasel um he's more than likely cheated his way into to getting his degree yeah basically he's got himself in pretty deep with some people that he can't handle and he's just living minute by minute really isn't he yeah but that's what makes him extremely funny um extremely highly strong uh if not for the uh the several addictions that he probably has but hey he knows everybody he uh he essentially is running that city without the the help of anyone else right so we very quickly we meet one of the other standout characters in this game and in nearly any gta although he only appears in this one yeah and that's mr lance vance yeah lance vance although we only know him as lance for the first little while until a wonderful bit of dialogue in a helicopter yeah uh, and you find out that his last name is vance and i think that tickles tommy very very much (laughs) yeah it's very very good but yeah um like sort of develops this like relationship with tommy but it's like he's there like he's a bit of an idiot he's like you can kind of see like he's quite hot-headed only sort of looking out for himself and like tommy doesn't really fully trust him no you don't i don't think you you realize until a bit later on what lance is essentially up to and that's he's after revenge for the the murder of his brother um yeah who who actually died in that uh drug um deal yes yeah lance uh well uh, victor vance is part of that that's right that's right and i think lance instantly sees this kind of up-and-comer this this plucky young go-getter in tommy versetti yeah and thinks right if there's anybody that's going to be able to help me get revenge then tommy's the guy because yeah i think everybody starts to suspect uh it was diaz that interrupted the drug deal so it's going to take some pretty heavy heavy firepower to be able to bring somebody like diaz down yeah so he is just siding with the 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 biggest kid in the playground essentially basically yes but yeah he is voiced by philip michael thomas who is of miami vice fame utterly brilliant tubbs from miami vice is in this game as lance vance i mean i don't know what else i can say (laughs) perfect casting it's just just brilliant i um yeah i bought a, a small palm tree that sits in a tub in my back garden and i've called it tubs yeah and i've got a flamingo that sits in front of it called crockett oh nice 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 Love nice it. um yeah i don't think there's much else we can actually really say about uh vance i mean victor vance is the protagonist of gta vice city stories mm-hmm. so if you want to know his kind of backstory and how he gets involved then um go play that game it's it's great yeah i think the dlcs like the city stories vice and, and liberty um and potentially even the the other episodes from liberty city that we we find later on uh with ballad Diggy tony and yeah. the lost and the damned we'll probably cover separately yeah i think so i think it's worth 
doing them because uh, they are all fantastic in their own rights. Yeah, so that's uh, it. I think they deserve some love. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's much else we can actually really say about Lance at this point in time until we've talked about some other characters and progress the story a wee bit because, oh boy, <laughs> the ending of this game, man. <laughs> this game gets good. So uh, obviously Ken Rosenberg is kind of introducing you to uh, people that might be able to help you out. So he introduces you to Juan Cortez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he introduces you to Kent Paul. He introduces you to Avery Carrington as well. He does. This is really part of his charm, the, the Ken Rosenberg charm in that, you know, he's probably making promises all across town. Uh, and I think yeah, yeah. Tommy is is a lot of those promises. Oh, I've got a guy. I can help you out. I can help you out. I've got a guy. Yeah, I've got I've, I've got this guy, yeah. Totally. Um, and I think meeting uh, Cortez is, is definitely part of that. Um, Cortez is one that I was I was dubious of. You know, he's on his yacht. He's He's got all the rich and the powerful around him. Yeah. But I think he turns out to be a, a pretty, I mean, I say a pretty decent guy. If you read his bio, <laughs> he's not a decent guy. Um, he's really not. He's not a decent guy. But like uh, in terms of like how he serves uh, Tommy in this is great. Like there's no element of like kind of backstabbing or anything like that. He's basically just like, I have some jobs for you. Let's get you some money. Let's try and see if we can find out some information and helps you out as much as he can yeah definitely and i think that was quite refreshing uh i took to that pretty yeah. well and there's um a little um branch off that you go through with uh, mercedes his daughter yeah yeah it just ties that that little that thing together especially when you know as cortez um decides to leave things get a little bit yeah, too yeah. hot for him um and he goes away on his on his boat yeah, yeah. he phones you up afterwards and asks you just to keep a, an eye on yeah. on mercedes which i mean you kind of do we'll get to that later on yeah. um I'm yeah. not sure if you'd be entirely happy with with what's going on, yeah, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Ken Rosenberg gives you details for Cortez and says, by the way, he's having a party on his yacht. Uh, you need to go get some threads, which introduces a great mechanic in this game, which is being able to change your costumes. Brilliant. And I don't know about you, but I never really took off that blue suit. It was great. You were in the blue suit the whole time. I always go straight back to the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, I, like, I love the Hawaiian shirt, but like, uh, I don't know. There's just something class about the the blue suit. I love it. I was looking at the artwork earlier, and uh, he's in a pink suit in that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, not his his iconic uh, his iconic shirt. Yeah, there was um, there were several things that changed, like from like early concept art and stuff like that. But you can still see it, like in those kind of opening loading screens. Mm -hmm. Like most of the characters are in different costumes, and that was going to be their costume that was going to be in it. I think Ricardo Diaz was going to have a different name, but yeah, it's all different things that happen during gaming, like um, changes, changes inevitable. And it is. I, I think all the changes they probably made were for the best. So yeah, I mean, it worked out. We're still talking about <laughs> it, you know, it's nearly 20 years later. Yeah. So that party you get um, dolled up for introduces you to a lot of the big players in Vice City. It does. If you look in the background, there is a lot of the yeah. the main characters that you're going to meet or some of the, the mission givers you're going to meet. I think yeah. Carrington's in there. Um, there's politicians there as well. Uh, Diaz is there. Of course, yeah. Sneaky Diaz. Yeah, Diaz is there and I think he does interact with Tommy a little bit in it, but like you just get instantly dislike this man. Yes. Because <laughs> he's a horrible human being. Love Fists are there. That's right. Uh, there's uh, Steve Scott as well the film director candy sucks is there we'll get on to candy later um like that is a that's a nice little kind of like sort of introduction thing and mercedes is kind of like got you on her arm and stuff and she's like oh yeah just uh, driving down to the strip club yeah after this just pole position as yeah. as you do yeah. and i think that kind of sets up mercedes being very much um under the the watchful eye of her father but as soon as she yeah. she leaves the the yacht uh she's just a wrong person and just 
Tommy's like, what, really? Okay, right, fine. Yeah. There is some cut phone calls uh, between the two of them. I think that was going to be a, a romantic relationship or something that would de- develop okay. into it that was cut. Okay. Um, so there is still little hints earlier on just by the way they, the two of them start kind of hanging out, but it's it was cut from, from later on. Yeah, so one of the next kind of sort of mission givers that you get is Kent Paul. Yay. I like Kent Paul as well. <laughs> Kent Paul. Paul from Kent. <laughs> Um, it's a good old Danny Dyer just fantastic again I don't think I quite realized when I was originally playing this uh it's only more no, recently I, I I I didn't realize that but like I don't think I was that familiar with Danny Dyer at that point no uh, but now obviously like knowing who he is it's amazing it's so good it seems like a random bit of casting but he, he does it so well yeah no it just it just works it works really well and uh yeah like his kind of like first introduction tommy's basically just threatening him like saying we need some information and then uh, ken paul's like cowering away which like kind of contradicts danny dyer's like hard man persona that he has yeah which is great <laughs> it's great to see it is it's it's fantastic i think he brings the tongue-in-cheek he understands the satire that's going on um and really brings yeah, yeah. an authenticity to that um goes into it yeah. really hard and goes into it really almost like deadpan but with one one eye wink in the whole time just going yeah how much fun is this um and i think that's why i enjoy enjoying my time with ken paul very very much like as like tommy's getting a bit more reputation he sort of starts taking over vice city getting phone calls from ken paul basically just like hey don't forget your old mate ken paul <laughs> <laughs> well he's he's kind of a, a ken rosenberg without the degree oh yeah yeah he's he's got by he's got by on like kind of his street smarts and who he knows yeah sort of thing yeah yeah he's not qualified for anything i don't think he just starts managing love fist yeah because yeah just because he can yeah yeah, yeah, and why not? Fake it till you make it. Yeah, um, so another early mission giver we have is Avery Carrington, yeah. uh, who's a real estate developer, voiced by Burt Reynolds. Yes, brilliant. Again, how on earth do you get Burt Reynolds to come into your little video <laughs> game? It's insane, but like, it, it just suits the role perfectly. Like, yeah. He's in his cowboy hat, he's got the mustache, like, just straight up Texan. He gives he gives some of the really like weird and quirky missions that um, become let's see infamous they have. in the GTA fandom because uh, one of the first missions is demolition. Oh god! And you had to take the remote control helicopter and blow up that construction site. <sighs> yes, yes, you did. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why the. I, I yeah i just i'm kind of i'm i'm dumbfounded now luckily <laughs> enough um these days they, they've kind of nerfed those uh missions an awful lot yeah, and made them ever so slightly easier but this really um starts the departure from uh gta 3's kind of mission base which was very much go here pick that up shoot some guys take that thing back it was uh yeah. gta 3 was quite subdued in that that fact it wasn't over the top it was quite relatively straightforward yeah. whereas again with the uh with vice city they just seem to like take the reins off and just go for it yeah. and all of a sudden you're flying tiny little helicopters blowing stuff up yeah and doing all these kind of like over the top <laughs> just crazy things and because they could um and again yeah. they implemented all these in a year there must have yeah. been so much on the cutting room floor from gta 3 that they just had everything just ready to go and, and just started piling it in there i and think so yeah while it's it's probably one of the smaller um maps they've they've it's really densely packed yeah uh and a far bigger game with not too much filler but yeah. 
there's a couple of there's a few bloatings in there yeah it's just it's insane and he's got a young donald love with him he does kind of learning the ropes yeah. and who's a complete and utter contrast from his character in gta 3 yes but um there's something that avery carrington says in vice city that i think donald love repeats in gta 3 oh nothing brings down real estate prices like a good old-fashioned gang war nice and that would be reference to obviously um taking out kenji yep. with the the cartels um mm-hmm. vehicles as well as the gang war that he tries to start between the the cubans and the haitians yeah that's it yeah to try and drive down those property prices so um mm-hmm. yeah that's a very interesting teacher becomes the yeah, student moment yeah, i didn't i did not pick up on that at all until obviously doing research for this but uh, i just think that's something nice it shows a lot because donald love does not get a word in edgeways uh when carrington is around he, oh, no, he barely no, no, even no. takes him on yeah he's the he's the kind of uh, geek in the corner with the glasses like taking notes and stuff like that and like um can you repeat that please <laughs> whereas like avery carrington is like this big huge personality and then obviously contrasting with yeah. where donald love gets to in uh gta3 he's like this big multimedia entrepreneur so yeah those notes have paid off yeah definitely we'd start to get over to different parts of the islands now which which happens quite early on i thought the whole map becomes open to you pretty early on in the game you get onto star island first relatively quickly yeah it's another thing that's um carried over from gta3 is the fact you get the radio report saying the bridge has been fixed or the weather's uh, improved so we can open up all of vice city yeah which is great uh like hearing that stuff on the radio like it's weird because like you're so used to like the radio having the set playlist and then as soon as it's uh, yeah as yeah, soon yeah. as it just cuts and you're like oh shit what's happening and it's a huge event it is it is and again just a, a lovely way that's able to drive narrative yeah. um because it knows that the player is going to be you know hanging upside down from the top of a building um throwing grenades at a pigeon yeah, or yeah. whatever um <laughs> So it needs a way of, of being able to push forward and, and to be able to inform of different beats that are, that are going on throughout the story. So again, just a great way of just hijacking any vehicle and instantly it comes on with breaking news uh, yeah. and tells you that the, the next island's open. So yeah. yeah, just great, great mechanics. Yeah, great, great. Uh, one of the kind of uh, main mission givers in that section is Umberto Robino, who is played by Danny Trejo. Once again... We shouldn't be surprised by now. No. But again, a, a massive, massive uh, actor to be able to have in these. Yeah, and uh, he is... Like, imagine Danny Trejo as a game character, and it's him. And that's him, yeah. There's no denying this. No denying this. He looks like him. He acts like him. He's part of Cubans. He has a Cuban warlord, and he's has a long-term feud with the Haitians. And you end up, you end up doing a few missions for him obviously working with the cubans uh taking out like there's an assault on a haitian factory at one point where mm-hmm. you've got to take out the haitians and blow it up he gives tommy one of the best missions in that trojan voodoo uh mission where yeah. you where you basically you you steal a car you drive in very inconspicuously you've yeah. got to sneak out blow the place up and yeah. then fight your way out again it's just such a good mission again a nice multi-level one i like those longer missions that you you start with doing one thing then you've got to go and sneak into a thing and then plant a thing and then whoa you've got to fight your way out again and yeah trojan voodoo just delivers on on all those points yeah definitely then obviously leading on from your kind of sort of working with the cubans you end up working with the haitians as well yep why not and, and uh, andy paulette and the strange thing about her Mm-hmm. is the fact that every time you go to a mission with her 
you mm-hmm. instantly become stoned as soon as you walk in the room. That's right. As soon as you walk in the room, you are just like, hey, what, 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 man? And then she's just like, yeah, just go do those things. So one mission, which I found unbelievably hard, and I do not know why. Mm-hmm. I honestly do not know why, because I uh, I managed it, like, first time uh, replaying it recently. But the one mission I always find really hard was the sniper at the top yeah. of the roof. Yeah, And for some reason, I just... Like, I would start taking out people, but then all my Haitian friends would die. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> that mission almost stopped me playing Ooh. at one point. I was just like, I can't, I, I can't get that, and I can't progress unless I do this mission. Yeah. Because none of the other missions were becoming available, and this was the only one that I needed to do. I figured out a way to do it. There's a slowdown pill quite close. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah. So I take that and then it gives me more time to line up shots and take out people faster, which is which is great. So uh if you're having trouble with that mission, I recommend that strat. It's very good. <laughs> you know what? Thank goodness for YouTube these days. Uh I don't know how anybody yeah. I used to I used to buy magazines back in like the early 90s. Yeah. If I was stuck on a game, I had to buy the relevant magazine like a month later when it when it hit the shelf just to figure out what to do yeah i i kind of miss that i miss like the playground chats that you have with your friends like um oh i'm well stuck on this boss how did you manage to do it sort of thing and you pass down like knowledge and information Mm -hmm. it was a good time it was a really good time it was so yeah at this point uh, i think we've possibly just passed the midpoint of the game but there's a huge mission that kind of changes the sort of face of how vice city progresses forward from here on Mm -hmm. but to explore that we need to talk about ricardo diaz the sub antagonist i guess if you like yeah he's yeah he's the sub boss of uh, vice city and he is the guy that's responsible for the drug deal going wrong at the start so he's being your kind of goal yeah for the first half of the game yeah he is a horrible human being he's just a disgusting small human being <laughs> <laughs> what has he done to you he's done everything to me (laughs) um yeah no he's uh like he's played played phenomenally well by uh luis uh guzman he is yeah yeah you just instantly hate him as soon as you see him like he's just doesn't respect anyone he is kind of out for himself everything is everyone else's fault not his Mm -hmm. He's one of those kind of bad guys that you do want to take him down. Yeah. Unlike Cortez, who you meet, you know he's, you know, a big power in the city, but shows a little bit of kind of respect to Tommy and and appreciates his work. But whereas you have absolutely no second thoughts in taking him down uh, and basically stealing his house. Yeah, that is, it's so good. Like there's, there's like a few missions that Ricardo Diaz gives you. Like he just wants things mm-hmm. and you have to go out and sort of take him. Speedboats. So uh, I think Tommy's trying to build up trust with him so he can kind of like just catch him unaware. So you go steal this uh, awesome kind of uh, awesome boat and take it to the back of the mansion. And once you take over the mansion, that's uh, that's there for you. Yeah. That mansion is, <sighs> I think, one of my favorite safe houses oh it's brilliant it's like i don't i don't use any other safe houses like you can get um you can buy more Mm -hmm. i just never use any others (laughs) no once you trick that place out once you've got all the hidden packages once you've uh, got the boat a few cars there as well there's health and uh, armor kicking about the place as well so if you can make it down to the bottom in the basement without getting too lost (laughs) it is a bit of a maze sometimes but uh obviously ricardo diaz's mansion is based off of 
the mansion at the end of Scarface. Yeah, not the not the only massive homage uh, to Scarface yeah. in this game. Um, it, it looks nearly identical from the the entrance with the yep. staircase. Um, yeah, the color scheme of it as well. The yep. office at the back with all the TVs there. It's just missing a big massive mound of coke. It is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> and Tommy's working on that. So. Yeah, um, Lance mm-hmm. fucks things up. He gets kidnapped, or he lets spill that um, that Tommy's coming for Ricardo Diaz. He does, and um, like Tommy was gonna like take his time and like do it silently and stuff like that. He's like, no, we have to go in and do this now. Yeah, you really start to see the first signs of cracking with Lance Vance there, yeah. um, shooting his mouth off or getting impatient, yeah. uh, and wanting to make those moves before Tommy's ready, and mm-hmm. and that brings on one of the the cooler missions in this game as well, where you've got to go in and get poor lance out of that um that chair he's strapped into yeah um th- that's uh yeah it's down by the docks is it yes yeah, yeah. It's and the it's, docks. A, it's a tough mission yeah there's there's lots of different ways of approaching it from yeah. just driving right in yeah um, <laughs> to slowly picking your way off yeah definitely that, that seems to be the the way that i usually kind of take is just like if i can shield myself in a car <laughs> for as long as possible that's fine <laughs> If you can get through the first kind of few layers of bad guys with a car, yeah, bingo. But yeah, uh, and then obviously after you take out Diaz, you uh, you get the mansion, and uh, then that opens up the second section of the game, which we've already talked about, uh, Umberto and Andy Paulette. But uh, the last sort of set of missions that you get are from a very colorful cast of people. <laughs> it is they got to the this next kind of part and went this is where we're going to start throwing the kitchen sink and stuff definitely so you have um so up at the top is it prawn island at the very very top that's right yeah which has a, a film studio and an yeah. adult film studio there. <laughs> it is indeed international global film studios yeah just some great missions with that one yeah definitely and uh, the only way that you can do these missions is by purchasing which goes on to uh, a new mechanic that they introduce in this game, which has been able to buy property. Yeah, it is. Um, and really brings in the work ethic of this game. It really teaches you that if you want something, you better work for it. Yes, definitely. Like it is, it's a very cool mechanic. So you buy like the film studio or a pole position club, and then you get asset missions for each place that you buy. Yep. Or you have to do something in order yep. for these assets to generate income. That's right. That's right. The more, the more of those missions you do, the higher the payout, or the, you can get up to a maximum payout for those um, properties that you've got there. And yeah. Really, the film studios brings in. I think probably my favorite GTA mission ever. Although it's one of the most infuriating ones. Is that the bike over the roofs? It is the bike over the roofs. Of course, it is. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. This is where Vice City really sets itself apart from from GTA 3's yeah. almost seriousness in comparison. Yeah. Is that you you get a bike. You go hopping all across the the roof of Vice City in an infuriatingly yeah. fun way with all these stunt jumps just between them all, just to shine some light on yeah. a porn star's boobies. <laughs> sorry, that that's just that's just insane. <laughs> like, I, sorry, I, I'm just I'm just processing that in my head. I'm just like, yeah, that's that's crazy. My favorite part of that mission is like you get um you get the bike. And you go into the office building and you go in the lift. Yes. Yeah, and it, it cuts to the lift camera and there's two people in the lift with you with this bike <laughs> in the lift. Oh, it's so good. 
Oh, that is so good. I could just imagine the pitch yeah. meeting for that one. They they must have been sitting there going, right, okay, we've got a mission. Yeah. Hear us out on this one. Yeah, it's uh, like it's very cool. Like there are some really cool sort of asset missions that you get from purchasing places like Hoffman Cabs. Mm-hmm. You get a few good missions there. Yeah. Debbie Harry there, the voice of Kaufman uh, Cabs. Yep. Uh, which is fantastic. Yeah, you've got uh, Malibu Club. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You've got the Printworks as well. I think the Printworks possibly makes the most amount of money because they're doing the counterfeit stuff. That's right, yeah. There's some places that you buy that you only have to do like something. Like pole position, you have to get a private dance for $300 and then you start generating money for the club. Done. Um, Sunshine Autos as well, steal the cars on the list. I really enjoyed that one. For some reason, I think to go literal with Grand Theft Auto, um the yeah. the mission givers that are like oh i've got a list of cars to go and uh for you yeah, to go and steal that's good I, I think those are just lovely simple but some of the yeah. most fun missions yeah i like i like the one in gta 3 where you just drive the cars into that garage and then tick them off and then you can just access them whenever yeah yeah i think that's so so cool um cherry poppers ice cream yeah. as well uh you just have to sell uh 50 customers ice cream and then the company starts generating money brilliant Boatyard, you got to do a race with the boats. Great fun. There's Phil Cassidy as well. I couldn't remember if he was an asset mission or um, not. Because you need him. You need him for a, a bank heist. Yeah. Before GTA 5 made it all cool, Vice City was doing it already. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it's one of those, again, I, I keep forgetting that, that it has a, a heist mission. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It is so good. As the first heist mission of the, the game it's just great to see some of the setup um we have to break certain characters out of jail yeah to be able to get them on um i think you get your um your safe cracker mm-hmm. even though he's not a good safe cracker at all no you get your getaway driver um yeah unfortunately doesn't get away or drive um <laughs> yeah i think things just go wrong during this during this heist it does it's it's just a, a again a great mission um that's that's really really well executed and always has that element of fun as well yeah definitely Definitely. Yeah, it's the job in uh, Once You Buy the Malibu Club. That's the one. That is it. So some really good characters kind of pulling together there. Uh, like you say, some of your, your kind of B characters. Yeah. Phil Cassidy, obviously Gary Busey there. Yeah. Uh, Steve Scott that we've spoken about, uh, voiced by Dennis Hopper. Yeah. I mean, can you get much bigger? Uh, nope. And then we got Big Mitch Baker, uh, the head of the, the biker gang, yeah. uh, who is Lee Majors. Yeah, that's insane. The $6 million man. Yeah, I think um, like there's not too much missions for Mitch Baker, but obviously I think that's kind of like inspiration for the Lost and yeah. the Damned in uh, GTA Four. Yeah, I think I think it was well worth exploring. Again, on the the artwork for Vice City, bikes are on the the front, yeah. bikes and helicopters. So it's it's right up front showing you the new fun that you can have over mm. GTA Three uh, instantly with those those two vehicles being included. Yeah, which is which is really good, and then obviously leading on to. Uh, to the actual gig itself with uh, Love Fist, and uh, you get a, you get a few missions with Love Fist, and yeah. I just want to talk about Love Fist. They're great. They're just they're just they're they are just great. <laughs> and if you go onto Spotify, if you go onto iTunes, you can get the EP that they released for GTA Vice City with four songs, original songs on it. You can, and they are brilliant. Yeah, it is absolutely fantastic and their names are jez torrent percy dick and willie perfect all named after penises absolutely perfect fantastic <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't have it any other way like their music just fits 
it just fits like it's amazing this fake band is like become so prevalent so beloved with the gta fandom i i gladly listened to that ep the other day and i was just like this is this is so good like really really good just fits fits the world fits everything that is 80s and yeah i really hope we get to see love fist if gta 6 is in vice city like some form of love fist which would be excellent just when they're going through their punk phase just before they start going a bit glam that would just be brilliant no they do a kiss and they go totally disco (laughs) (laughs) that would be they'd have to be like a disco band first um just before the a's hit and they they go glam Or, or or do like a reverse pantera that would be fantastic one of the main missions that you get for them is that there's a bomb in the limousine and you're driving around four Scottish idiots in this, in this thing and the car can't slow down, so it's speed, essentially. Basically. And you just keep going. But it's just the dialogue in it, like there's subtitles going off and stuff like that so people can actually understand, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. I'm understanding every single word and I'm like, this is amazing. It is. The fact that they got like pretty much Doric or at least the Dundonian accent into, into yeah. that game is just absolutely fantastic. And it does, it makes what could be a very frustrating uh, mission even if you die yeah. a few times and have to restart it um just listen to those idiots bumbling in the back of that limo it more than makes up for it definitely but yeah there's um there's a lot of like radio adverts for love fest and stuff like that so it's like lock up your daughters shoot your sons dad because <laughs> love fest is in town <laughs> <laughs> they nail those things so well they do it too seriously and i'm pretty sure this is why I'll, I'll, there's an awful lot of controversy is there's too pe- many people think that uh, that's serious oh yeah yeah it's just so fun so funny <laughs> there's such a cool presence in the game and it's such a cool little addition and i think like going back to our question from last week in terms of like obviously what kind of music mm-hmm. were you into at the point you were listening to this and did this help you discover any bands um yeah just being into that kind of rock and metal kind of scene and just hearing it's like oh god they created a band for this game yeah yeah they have the original songs and everything like that that was huge that was excellent i'd like to change my answer from last week and say love fist yep <laughs> wait i found love, love fist, fist yeah. and that yeah. totally changed the way i looked at music yeah if we can get more love fist yeah i'm more than happy with that yeah i hope they tour uh, after lockdown's over <laughs> good yeah if any of the guys in love fist are listening to this tour please yes please do please do even 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 if it's just us two at the front yeah just tour or if rockstar is <laughs> listening can we be love fist please yeah <laughs> when i grow up i want to be love fist <laughs> good so after that fun set of missions given to us by love fist we come close to the end of the game so you need to buy a few places in order to like kind of trigger the last little section of the game so for me personally i think that um like it was fine possibly on my first and second playthrough i didn't think too much of it because i was just losing time to just doing random stuff in that game Mm -hmm. but on recent playthroughs i kind of feel like it slows down the pace of the game where you've built up to this kind of apex yeah but uh once you get there what a hell of a final mission i mean it it definitely makes you wait for it but it is very much worth the wait i think this yeah. is where where some of the design of of grand theft auto especially in the slightly earlier ones maybe can let itself down a little bit in that if you yeah. go direct just story like you say maybe third or fourth playthrough and you go straight yeah. through the story um yeah it's presuming that there's you know maybe in-game days 
slash weeks have passed before you know between you doing the last mission and actually going off and doing the next mission uh, because you've been distracted yeah. doing collectibles or, or just going on rampages or whatever um yeah but in vice city if you just go mission 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 you probably don't haven't gathered up enough money to be able to buy all the properties that gives you access to the the final part so at that point yeah. when you are trying to have a bit more of a speedy or you're keeping up the pace of your playthrough it definitely yeah. it takes that control out of your hands and really really slows it down to almost a, a frustrating mm-hmm. level sometimes um yeah however it's one of those things that hey who doesn't like hanging out in Vice City? Um, so, yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. not that bad, actually, when you kind of get to it. You always just, you always forget there's a price of admission to get to that last mission. Um, yeah. Because you know how exciting it is. And it's it's all kind of triggered, I suppose, by by Lance getting a little bit trigger happy, getting a little bit antsy. Um, yeah. And starting to get too paranoid and thinking Tommy's out to get him as well. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of revelations that happen, a lot of big twists happen and uh it's definitely one for the ages and it's obviously like you can see the inspiration for it reflecting possibly the ending of Scarface. Yeah, this is it. The boss comes into roost and uh Yeah. decides to see what Tommy's been up to and um I don't think Tommy's ready for that conversation yet. So he decides he's not going down. Yeah, at that point, uh, find out that Sonny is coming back to Vice City to just check up on uh, Tommy. Mm-hmm. And Tommy's like, well, yeah, like you said, he's not ready. He's he's like, no, I, like, I'm like i building this empire. This is my thing. This is not yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked hard for this. That, like, I've put in the work. I've done the effort. You're not coming in and stealing all this. So he's kind of diplomatically wanting to, like, get him away. Yeah. So offering up the money that he owes through the counterfeit stuff that he's been developing at the print works. Yeah, nice. So Ken's getting all the money together. Lance is going to away to get all the guys just in case stuff goes south. Then all three of them walking down the stairs looking very cool, very suave and everything like that. Yep. Then um, Sonny's just like, well, uh, well, I know these are fake. <laughs> I know that you were trying to screw me over. And that's all thanks to my good friend and good buddy Lance Vance. In the back, right? I mean... Oh, it's it still stings. It still Lance. stings. Oh, I love Lance Vance. I think he's he's a great character, but that one that stings. Yeah, that really, really does sting. And uh, it's basically like you see it throughout the whole game that uh, Lance is like he's he's paranoid. Yes. He's very paranoid. The fact that like uh, like Tommy doesn't treat him with respect or anything like that. And he, mm-hmm. Lance wants to prove himself. Yeah, because. Tommy's not given the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Lance must think that maybe he's going to turn to me. So doing what he does best, sides with the big biggest kid in the playground and uh, goes and tells uh, Sonny. Well, this is it. The The bigger brother comes in, doesn't he? And um, yeah. Vance just doesn't have the the patience. We see that earlier on in, in the, the mission where he gets kidnapped because he's, he's been quite loose-lipped. Um, yeah. And Tommy's just like, look, just wait, I've got a plan. If we do things right, it'll be absolutely fine. And it, yeah, Vance is just having none of that. Um, as yeah. as you can kind of see, he's just he's purely on the revenge. Whereas mm. Tommy's not really. He's on a, a different uh, story arc. Um, yeah, and it's kind of the the impatience or or the the drive that we see from from Claude in the last game that he will yeah. do anything. You know, he'll switch allegiances. He'll then take out another person, and then yeah. you know, once he takes out Kenji, he's still doing missions with uh ahsoka so he's he's really just screwing over anybody he can just to get to the revenge to get to catalina um by the end of the game and vance is wanting to do the same thing as well he's just he's just not playable we're we're just playing a slightly different uh arc to him and tommy's on a very different um 
trajectory. Yeah, definitely. And the line that's like kind of still hits me is the fact that like um, after like you see Lance walking over to Sonny and standing next to him, and then uh, Tommy's just like, "You sold us out." He's like, "No, I sold you out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he's got that kind of beef with uh, Tommy, and then as soon as that happens, all hell breaks loose and everyone is shooting everyone <laughs> this is a, a definitely a lesson in how to shoot in vice city oh yeah um, especially on a console this is a a tough mission to get through yeah definitely uh the, my best friend during that mission was my magnum one shot yeah one shot kills for everyone so you just lock on and shoot once and they're down which is great mm-hmm. so first of all you're standing at the top of the stairs and um mm-hmm. you see um lance running up to the roof yes uh but sunny's downstairs mm-hmm. so you t- you can take out sunny first oh which i usually tend to do is take out sunny first oh and then go up to the roof for lance i've never done it that way oh have you gone to the roof and then come back down i instantly go after the weasel uh, <laughs> That's well i just one see priority. sunny there is like i like i have to deal with you i have to take you out so i take him out first and then i go up to the roof and deal with lance up at the top there because i I feel like Lance betraying me is a bit more of a sting and I'd like to leave that to last. But um, but yeah, no, I can totally see going the other way as well. Oh, that's that. Oh, I want to go and switch it on now. Yeah. So Tommy is injured during this. Like he, he does he does get shot, but he survives. And at the end, basically, he's like, we can still take over this town. And Ken Rosenberg is like now his right hand man. Yeah. It works out well for Ken. Yeah, it really does, yeah. Probably for the first time. <laughs> Probably for the first time, yeah. But then, obviously, what happens in San Andreas as well. Well, this is it. This is it. Ken's story's not finished. And this is why, um, as we said last week, I think if we do get any form of remaster or the next time I replay these games, I'm going to go canonically uh, and see. Yeah. And I'll call it the Ken Rosenberg trilogy. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, then that brings us to the end of, uh, end of Vice City it does indeed um and i think it's it's a really nice and again maybe something they learned from three a really nice way of first of all uh taking a little step sideways from scarface uh it ends very differently for um tony montana but um yeah knowing that the player is probably going to spend many more hours playing around in vice city that last little way of of tommy saying we can still do this we can still take over in fact our, our job's not done to the player yeah. and actually saying come on let's go let's get on yeah. with it and uh let's finish all these these things yeah let's go on with it there's there's countless side missions there's hidden packages there's unique um jumps to find as well there's um yeah there's just so much stuff to do in this game as always we have a huge thank you to say to gtafandom.com they've done the work so we don't have to So it's time to look into some NPC dialogue. We've been down to our local Twat Cafe and checked our inbox, and Barry has used the same email address that you can. That's grandtheftpodcast at gmail.com. Barry asks, do you think that open world games can create a tight, story-based narrative, or is it more about rampage and killing? What do we think? That is a bloody good question, Barry. It is. Thank you, Barry. Bloody good question. Um, So... For me personally, I think that um, I think it can be done. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, an open world game can tell a really good, rich, compelling story. Like I'm pretty sure, like all open world games strive to have one massive, cohesive narrative that runs from uh, from Act One all the way through to the end of Act Three. Yeah. Um, but the thing that um, I find open world games struggle with is pacing. 
and yeah, it's kind of hard for pacing when it's down to the player yeah let's take let's take for example the last of us um and what a powerhouse of a story that is naughty dog said this is the story we want to tell this is um this is how we're telling it and that story is paced in a particular way but there's no room for error there's no room for kind of um player choice or anything like that this is our story we want to tell and is possibly one of the greatest gaming achievements in the last decade i'd say so especially the first one especially the first one uh and uh and even the second one personally in my opinion yeah i did love that i know it has its share of uh, haters as well but there are certain open world games i think that can achieve a story to that same level Mm-hmm. um like kind of a close one would possibly be um uh, spider-man ps4 yeah yeah very much like you can go off and do your side missions and stuff like that but you never felt you were too far away from the main story points yeah whereas like let's take an example of like say the witcher 3 or possibly looking to gta looking to gta 5 mm-hmm. gta 4 and stuff um like just having that level of choice i mean as soon as you go into GTA Five, the map's open to you, and you can do whatever you yeah. want. So yeah, yeah. You can um, focus on your story missions and everything like that, but um, I mean, the majority of people might just be going about rampaging, doing side missions, just doing daft stuff in that game. And I don't know whether that might detract from the story of GTA Five, which is a great story. It is. It's a really, really good story, very uniquely told as well through three different protagonists. Yeah, but. Um, in terms of like pacing you could be like you could do one mission and then be off side missioning for ages and ages and ages forget what happens in the main story and then pick up with it Mm -hmm. like it could seem pretty jarring definitely but yeah like um i think that i think there are ways and means of doing it it's just i think if you want a tight narrative then single player story focused games not open world are the way to go for that i think yeah i for the most part, I think when we're looking at pacing, like game length comes into it a little bit. And the only reason I kind of yeah. hesitate into um, into Last of Us 2 is is because I think it outstays just a few hours too long. There's just an extra kind of couple of little bits in there. I can um, see that, yeah. I can see that, yeah. Just a little bit stretched. I think it's a phenomenal story. I love the the different perspective that we get, um, which yeah. is always the, the kind of Walking Dead, like for anybody who doesn't watch Walking Dead spoilers, for anybody who who does um will understand the the whole perspective of when the main group come up against Negan. Yeah. And Negan takes umbrage for to to the main group coming in and just killing their guys in their sleep. Yeah. Uh from our perspective as the as the viewers, I'm watching the good guys yeah. overcome the bad guys. Yeah. But if we'd start watching that program from the other way around, yeah. actually the bad guys become the good guys. Yeah. There's no heroes in that story. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Everyone's the hero of their own story. Yes, precisely. And I think a really tightened an narrative game like like the last of us it, it has to go like straight down the kind of middle but it has to have enough kind of push yep. gameplay wise that you want to yeah. you want to, to keep, keep it compelling. yeah you want to keep it compelling yeah. you can't get stuck there can't be massive spikes in, in difficulty so really it's it's mm-hmm. driven by what you're doing like with the controller with your hands whereas yeah. a, an open world is kind of the opposite way around you want the world to mm-hmm. keep you interested in the story by the things that you're doing at the, at yeah. the side so i think yes you can have a, yeah. a, a quite a tight narrative um with an open world game but the world that you're in yeah 
has to all tie itself back. Yeah. And this is something that Grand Theft Auto does pretty well. Yes, it does. Just talking about Vice City there, when you're maybe just off and you're, you know, doing whatever, you're just going crazy, you're driving, you know, backwards down a, a highway, and then all of a sudden the radio pings mm. and gives you a story update through the medium of the, the you know, a news bulletin and tells you, oh, the third island's open. Yeah. You could be doing absolutely anything. You could be, like, skydiving and something will pop up and, and it'll... It'll tell you about the the heist that's just happened, or you know something yeah, that's yeah. going to affect your story. And go, oh wait a minute, that's going to pull me back in. So I think I think there's a, a fine line between um, what is a tight narrative and 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 what isn't. I think mm-hmm. if you were to, so I'm I'm replaying GTA Four just now and quite near the end. Uh, yeah. I've just kind of blasted through it, and it's becoming quite mm-hmm. annoying. Like certain characters are becoming quite annoying because I don't have a respite <laughs> in between them. So yeah. Roman is just the worst character. I'm sorry, Roman. I mean, <laughs> he's great, but he, he's just the worst. Yeah. So like it, on your first playthrough, you do a couple of missions with Roman, whatever. You go off, you maybe do some other uh, missions with other people. You do some side stuff. Yeah. You crash your car. Yeah. You decide to go and swim and see if you get six stars under the water. That kind of stuff. You know, you have some fun. And then you come back yeah, yeah. to it, you maybe get a phone call from Roman. I've not I've not spoken to you in about three or four hours. Great stuff. I'll go and either hang out or, oh, yeah. you've gone and gambled all the money away and you're in thousands of debt and you've just bought a, a safe house. So that happened for me <laughs> when we moved to the new yeah. place. And because I'm just going story, 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 I did two missions and I got a phone yeah. call saying, oh, hey, I've gambled all our money again. And I was like, I've just rescued you. It's only been like <laughs> half an hour of real time. Yeah. But that's because I'm not going through the narrative in the way or i'm not using the open world in the way that uh rockstar intended me to and okay, yeah if it was a single player they would have let you you know they would have to have left enough time between point a and point b yeah definitely so when i when i go down that story mission it, it's the pacing can be really kind of iffy it's it's a tough one because um i think some of their best storytelling is in gta 4 um i think in san andreas as well i think that's a fantastic story about you know the the corrupt cops and and how they've got to to cj's yeah, yeah. friends and you know cj's kind of moral pulling apart between between wanting to please sweet and wanting to get out of that life and, and having to come back into it yeah. but I think you lose an awful lot of that by the time you're way up in the the middle of the sticks and then being drawn back, like you say, having that little bit of a jarring, oh, wait a minute, right, okay, yeah, Mm. I'm back into the story now. Where was it again? All right, okay, he's the bad guy, that's the good guy, but I've got a jetpack now, so it's all fine. Yeah, no, that's a very kind of interesting way to look at it and um, I think think it is a huge testament to Rockstar in terms of like catering to everyone's kind of sort of play style. Mm-hmm. in that point and maybe it's a bit jarring for uh like you said if you're just focusing on the story at that point but yeah. um taking into account that people will be doing side missions doing all that kind of things and pacing the story appropriately to that yeah it's a hard thing to nail down though and it's it's something that um i think open world games will struggle with for a good while but um it doesn't deter from the fact that like an open world game is possibly infinitely more fun to play than a single player story focused. I would say so. I think, and it's maybe a very unfair comparison, but if you were going to be stranded on a desert island, would you take San Andreas or would you take Last of Us? <laughs> I would take San Andreas. <laughs> yeah. Last of Us is one of my favorite games of all time. Me too. And uh, I, I love that game through and through and what it managed to achieve and how that story hits and resonates with me 
But like you said, on a desert island, something to distract away the hours. I don't want to be feeling dull and gloomy. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> and, that as and well. Lost in ho- hope- hopelessness. It is a doer game. Yeah, I want to play um, play some fun. Yeah, this is it. You want each day to be something different. You want to go out and do some collectibles, or you want to go and find some stunt jumps the next day, and then oh, I'll do a, a couple of missions, and then and then come back to it. So it's yeah. they're they're non really comparable. You you buy a story. Yeah. Uh, you buy a story game to to go through a story, and you you buy yeah. an open world game to to have a little bit more kind of fun. But mm. it it remains to be seen. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen going forward. Like you say, I think GTA Five kind of nails it yeah. with how they introduce those characters and how they how they work together, the the variation in gameplay. Yeah. And for me, I was I was kind of compelled with that, and I always am, and I, I stick quite closely to the story and then do a lot of the things afterwards um yeah i do think that the original red dead nailed a narrative um and is one of the yeah, it did indeed the best stories to be in a game if it was just purely story if it was a linear story game then i don't think you would notice if it's an open world game i don't think you notice either i think it's it's one of those that works both ways yeah um yeah i like both approaches did you play god of war god of war 2018 yeah so like god of war goes from a a single camera perspective um purely hack and slash story driven uh kind of style game and then goes into more of a yeah. a third person open world not the openest world we've ever had but yeah it becomes a, an RPG. rpg um and made that transition do you think any other games yeah. can make that transition do you think that if we got a linear grand theft auto that was just here's a story mode and then you get to go nuts on online do you reckon do you reckon that would go down too well i don't know um i think if i think if rockstar had like if they would focus on giving us like a narrative that is on par with um on par with the last of us on par with uh, god of mm-hmm. war 2018 um something really deep something really meaningful very hard-hitting uh and uh just a full-on character study um i think rockstar could achieve that i think that um obviously red dead redemption one and two and elements of gta 4 mm-hmm. are um are them flexing their narrative muscles yeah and there are some stuff in red dead redemption 2 that is just heartbreaking like absolutely heartbreaking and the same in red dead redemption one as well the ending of red dead redemption one is just bittersweet having having gone through all of that and then what really got me was was getting back and and going through the um the ranching again but at home you know you've you're back with your family and you're doing the same thing again but this time it's peaceful it kind of means something and that now we know that that peaceful feeling is is a false sense of security but a great way of telling a story in the way that you play the game only for it to have that inevitable ending and it's it is it's it's utterly crushing yeah so spoilers for anyone that has not played either red dead redemption one or two uh you should stop listening go play them they're going to take a while to get through but uh yeah come back to us once you've done that yeah. because the end of red dead redemption 2 when arthur dies and you take on john yeah and john's missions from then on you're building this ranch yeah that is oh i'm actually still getting chills thinking about it It is just the fact that like you are building the place that you're going to settle down with your family Mm -hmm. at the end of red dead redemption one and this is where john meets his end 
and uh, I think you, I think you said it as well there, like like building the barn. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there going, oh my god, like we're actually doing this. Yeah, applying for the mortgage to buy the yeah. wood to build the barn. It's just all these little missions. At, oh, I mean that's that's how you narrative. I mean you could be off. Yeah. You know, riding a horse off a cliff. Yeah. But. Instead, that it's compelling enough for you to to move forward and like say so you you understand what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a it's a heavy it's a heavy it's very bittersweet. And I think yeah. I think if uh, I think Rockstar with that pedigree could pull off a really good just single player story focused GTA. Yeah. And then give you the option to go online in the city that you're kind of like going about in just to go fun. I mean, it, it's maybe. Uh... A bigger topic for a, a, a longer discussion but yes definitely it'd be interesting to see if that's how they they potentially would go is maybe a more condensed oh i don't even want to think about it that's making me annoyed no i want a big 60 hour <laughs> rampage uh in a big open world um uh, vice city we, and we, can ha- we can we can have both one day one day we'll have both <laughs> yeah both is absolutely fine um so yeah i think um it's a really interesting question but um it's one that's that's still being answered, I think. Um, yeah. And it looks like Rockstar and like Naughty Dog are, are going toe to toe and just seeing who can who can pull off one of the the more tear tear jerking stories. Yeah, definitely. We can sit and continue talking about this, and I think this could be another podcast within a podcast. <laughs> I think there's there's going to be lots of sub podcasts. We're going to have lots of DLC for these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So if you have anything to add, please get in contact with us, just like Barry did, grandtheftpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll include it in one of our shows. So thank you very much for joining us again this week. Yeah, no, it's been really, really good uh, jumping in our DeLorean and taking a nice trip back to uh, the (laughs) 1980s. Thank you very much, sir. And thank you very much to everybody who has listened to these last couple of weeks. We are extremely grateful for every single person, every single download. So keep it going. And remember, while other podcasters are in school... We are out giving paid jobs for a hundred bucks. Until next week, keep it six stars. (laughs) 